Okay. <laughs> well, now as we get up, our first stop will be where you see the railing up there. Now, one of the things you're going to see up there is a lot of gold and bird parts. And let's go to the gold first. So in San Francisco, if you have a big commercial real estate development, 1% of your budget goes to public art. What Mayor Brown did for the restoration is, if you could see City Hall from your proposed development, your 1% went to the gold on City Hall, which is how we have as much gold as you will see as we go up, and it is real gold. The other thing we're gonna see are bird parts. We have falcons and they hunt, and they eat the soft gooey parts, and they eat the hard crunchy parts for us to find at the top. Now, I never know what the carnage is gonna be like until I go up there, but, just so you're not grossed out, I'm pre-grossing you out now. <laughs> you know, if you see bird parts, that's why. That was Rob Ryder, building manager for San Francisco City Hall on the bird parts and gold leaf portion of our tour of the City Hall Dome. More on that soon because I'm sure listeners can sense the grief in my voice. You have a big announcement, Heather? I do. I'm sad to be leaving you and Total SF and The Chronicle, but I'm excited to become the San Francisco Bureau Chief for The New York Times. No! (laughs) (laughs) No. Existential crisis aside that I'm having right now, I'm extremely happy for you. I've had some time to process, and coming out of that, my overwhelming emotion is gratitude. We're planning one more episode where the tears are really going to flow. That's going to be next week. But I just wanted to say thank you to our listeners. Our listenership has grown steadily, and we love the Total SF community we've built. And thank you. I've made a great friend. I've come to appreciate and understand the city so much, and I'm always going to cherish our five years of fun adventures in San Francisco. Me too. Um, You and Total SF made this decision especially difficult. Um, I will always treasure that crazy day we rode 60 Muni lines together and all the other fun we had. We'll get more into that next week, but um, have loved our time together. And now we can keep adventuring just without carrying around heavy podcasting equipment. I agree. I've made a great friend in this. You are not leaving San Francisco. We're going to talk more next week, but just wanted to acknowledge it because it's been on social media and I know a lot of people follow us there and uh, we're really going to miss you. And one more episode after this. Um, But what a second to last episode. We toured City Hall with Rob Ryder, then sat down with esteemed City Hall historian Ellen Schumer, chair of the City Hall Preservation Advisory Commission. I learned so much from both of them. Me too. I worked um, every day in the press room at City Hall for years and still learned so much about this beautiful building. I think one of my favorite tidbits that we learned, next time you're in City Hall, look up at the dome and notice how the flowers bloom as they go up. Those are supposed to represent the dahlia, the official flower of San Francisco. There are 256 stairs, exactly that many, to the top of the dome. Uh, We found out about the earthquake reconstruction. Shout out to the slinky-like base isolators at the foundation of City Hall. I felt a lot safer when I heard that. And we learned about the history of lighting up City Hall. Here's a supercut of Ryder during our tour. Now, the reason I'm taking you in this refugee from the Tower of Terror (laughs) is because I really wanted to show you the old controls that are still here. Now, you'll see we do a lot of weddings. We have anywhere from 20 to 40 weddings a day here on a normal day. That used to be a fountain. You can still see some pipes in there. And the water came out through the lion's mouth. Now, these isolators are about this tall. They're about three feet wide, and they have a metal core. And think of it as a 
if you had 244 slinkies and you put something on top of it, they allow this whole building to move two feet in any direction. You're now in the, what we call the drum of the dome. So if you look at these pods here, those are the flowers you saw on the other side. Oh. And you can still see the finger marks from the original plasters over 100 years ago and swirl throughout the plaster. You can even touch it here as horsehair. That's how they reinforced the plaster 100 years ago. What? Welcome to the top. <laughs> oh my god. The circular staircase takes you up really quick. Yeah. Uh, wow. This is amazing. And as you mentioned, uh, I can see uh, Mount Diablo. Mount Diablo, roughly six miles due east of us there. You can see all the way into the South Bay today. What, uh, how high are we right now? Yeah, you're probably, I'm going to say about 275 to 300 feet approximately okay. in that neighborhood. You know, I don't right. know if this is the best view in the world, but it's the one you work the hardest for. Yeah, and yeah, so for definitely. that alone, you know, it's a, it's a great view, no matter how high we are. Heather, do you have a favorite City Hall fact from Ryder or Ellen Schumer that we learned? Yes. I would have thought that Willie Brown would have spent, like, millions, many, many millions on the gold leaf, because he's just that kind of guy. And there is a lot of gold leaf on the City Hall Dome. But we learned that it only cost $400,000, and our measurement is what proportion of a $1.7 million Noe Valley <laughs> toilet does something cost. When you look at it that way, it was a bargain. And so, although I am one to watch the amount of money City Hall is spending, I think that was a a good spend by Willie Brown. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, with inflation, it's like half a Noe Valley toilet, <laughs> not a quarter of a Noe Valley toilet. But um, yeah, much better deal when you think about it historically. I remember what a controversy that was, that we had literally plated City Hall in gold. Yes, but it was worth it. Well, my favorite fact, and it is not in this episode, so I want to mention it now. Rob was talking about when Prince died. Oh, right. And they had just gotten to the point where I think they could use more colors on City Hall and be more nimble about lighting up City Hall. And he was telling the late Ed Lee, Prince died. We've got to light things up in purple. And Ed Lee was like really polite, but was like, Prince who? Like <laughs> Prince Charles? Prince Which prince? And he didn't know who Prince was, which if you hung out with Ed Lee, um, he was a fun guy, but he wasn't really big on pop culture, present or past. So I loved that story. That was a great story. And they did light it up in purple. I have no doubt London Breed knows who Prince is. <laughs> Definitely. I think London Breed probably went to the 1985 Prince Purple Rain tour. <laughs> Well, this is a really fun and worthy penultimate episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, we will talk to you next week, and we're going to process all this. We're going to be the end of Total SF support group next week. But listen to this one. It's a lot of fun. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, re-upping my New York Times subscription for Heather Knight and the Wordle. And this is Total SF. Ellen Schumer, thank you for having us to City Hall. You work in number 499, the very last number at City <laughs> Hall. And it has special meaning to me because your desk once belonged to my aunt, Susan Leal, the former supervisor. 
Tell me, did she carve any good messages on the <laughs> desk or leave anything in the drawer for you? No, she didn't. Not even a little treat in oh. the drawer. <laughs> uh, I needed a desk, and they said, well, the first treasurer's desk that was in the building, if it if we can get it into your office, see, that was That's a huge. major problem. Number one, it is so heavy. When you pull out the drawers and you push them, it's an upper, uh, it's good for the upper arms pushing them back in. You get a whole new muscle formation. <laughs> well, you know City Hall better than just about anyone, the people here and the building itself. You were hired by then-Mayor Willie Brown 25 years ago. What has it been like to be the City Hall historian and head docent for a quarter century? It's been, at times, incredibly rewarding, at other times, incredibly challenging. Uh, the pandemic mm-hmm. played very heavily on this building. Well, Peter and I got to go on a tour yesterday of the dome and climb all the way to the very top, which was really fun. Have you ever done that? Oh, yes. I used to do that all the time. Wow. Yes. I used to give dome tours. Oh, neat. So how many times do you estimate you've been up there? Oh, God, too many. <laughs> You're done with it now? Oh, yes. Yes. No, I don't go near it. What's your favorite part of the dome tour? Because we had an absolute blast. We learned so much, and... Uh, I'm curious, what was kind of your, your favorite part? I think just going up the last uh, metal stair mm-hmm. and getting onto something that seemed a little more solid yeah, uh, was my favorite part. <laughs> well, I love how you can see so much of the gold from up there. I mean, of course, you can see it around the city, but you get a real up-close view when you're at the top of the dome. And we've heard different dollar amounts for how much was spent on the gold plating when Willie Brown restored this building. Do you have the exact figure? Yes, it was $400,000 was spent on the gold to enhance the dome. Because remember, the dome was entirely different before the restoration Mm -hmm. of the building. There was no gold before? Well, well, Peter, I think that's a pretty good deal because that's only a quarter of a Noe Valley toilet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's our unit of measurement. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, in, in San Francisco now is how many $1.7 million Noe Valley toilets will something buy. So Heather broke a story about that. So. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to respond. <laughs> and there was not even any gold plating on the Noe no, Valley toilet. No, no. So I think that was $400,000 very well spent. Yes, I think so, too, except we now have a problem with the gold on the dome. Yeah, you can tell up there that it's kind of coming off in places. Well, it's not, it's coming off because, you know, it's like everything else. It doesn't weather, Mm -hmm. but how do you clean the dome when you have all of this embellishment if you used it and had it pressure washed you would have gold <laughs> all of And oh, we right. would all run downstairs. It would be raining gold. <laughs> yes. 
Well, if that ever happens, you have to tell us, and we'll come and do okay, a story. Okay, yes, yes, okay. after I'm covered with gold. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your favorite little-known facts about this building? We're calling this episode The Secrets of City Hall. So do you have any tidbits that most people might not know? One of the biggest things is the confusion of the address. Right. Which drives because all of a sudden, especially when I'm answering the phone, they will say, what is the address of City Hall? And I go, number one, Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place. And they go, Huh? Huh? Because it's Polk Street, but then except for this one address. Who was Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett? Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett was an activist who was quite an incredible man. Um, At the time that he was active, alive, and well, he was a physician who treated a great many people in the black community Mm -hmm. who had no health insurance Hmm. whatsoever, and he did not charge them. Wow. Okay? And he was very, very much of an activist for equal rights. You would know this. He was an... Well, you don't know this. He was an (laughs) excellent card player, and he used to play cards all the time. And he won, he had a newspaper, which he published, and then he won won another newspaper in a poker game. Do you know what the name of the newspaper was? Was it the San Francisco Examiner? No, no, it was not the San Francisco Examiner, nor the Progress. I think the original thing was part of the Sun Reporter, which is still in existence but not owned by the Goodlit family. It huh. has changed over a period of time. So we were in your office, and first of all, you hear every wedding that's going on. Yes. Do you like that? Do you tune it out after a while? Do you, uh, are you inspired by it, by the love around you? <laughs> I'm sometimes amazed at the amount of screaming and yelling mm-hmm. because I don't think that most people would do that in a church, a synagogue, a private club. I just am amazed by that, that there is not this incredible respect mm. for where they are. They are in a national historic landmark they are being married in this exquisite place. Mm -hmm. It's the gallery, and it's exquisite, and I just think they should be a tiny bit more reserved. Mm -hmm. Soft clapping would be fine, but I don't think we need screaming and yelling (laughs) like at the baseball game. A couple wedding questions. Do you run into people you know ever... And do you ever get in the wedding photos? Because they're happening right outside your door. Oh, yes. And actually, I'm a commissioner of marriage. I perform weddings. Oh, neat. Very, How many have you up. done? Uh, not that many. 
My aunt Susan married uh, Rosie O'Donnell. It did not last. Have you married any celebrities or any local newsmakers? No, no. I haven't. <laughs> no, I remember when she married Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also noticed that while you're in your office, there's no ceiling, and you can see the ornate work on the dome there. Can you tell us a little bit about, I think it's plaster work. It's and plaster of Paris. What are we looking at when we look up there? Are there some okay. themes that people... Oh, yes. Uh, there are four major medallions in the ceilings of the rotunda, and they give this building its meaning, and they are beautiful. And for anyone who is interested in things like equity, there's a special medallion, which is called the Medallion of Equality, and she holds the equilateral triangle in her hand. And when I'm doing tours for very small children who haven't discovered that triangles have different names depending upon how they're put together they learn about an equilateral triangle, and she's an incredible example. Hmm. What do the other medallions mean? Uh, There's a man holding a book, and it's the medallion of learning, Mm -hmm. and it's he's reading to small children. No one is falling asleep. (laughs) There's the medallion of strength. It's a man holding a sword, And it's not for protection or violence. It's for strength Mm -hmm. because this is where the strong laws are being made. There's also the medallion of liberty. She's holding the olive branch, which is a symbol of peace and liberty. Wow. There are also flowers everywhere. Yes, dahlias. They are dahlias. That's a city flower. Yes, and people get very, very confused. (laughs) Okay, I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me. I will have a group. Maybe it's sometimes high school students, college students, or adults. And I'll say, does anyone know the city flower? And the answer is the California poppy. And I say, no, yes, you are correct. The uh, the poppy is the state flower. I said, we're talking about the city flower, which is the dahlia. And the dahlia goes back to Mexico because we have not always been San Francisco. And it was sent here, and when it was sent here, we were called Yerba Buena. So much has happened in this building. Celebrity weddings, uh, of course, assassinations, major political proclamations. If you're giving a tour, are there like a few things that people, you just have to tell them they want to hear? They're going to tell you if they miss it. What are kind of some of the biggest things that, that happened here that... The assassination, and it's not the assassination of the mayor, who was George Moscone, but it's the assassination of Harvey Milk. They are 
or I'll be downstairs and someone will be come, come tearing up to me and say, could you take us to the room where Harvey Milk was killed? And of course, that room no longer exists in the manner it was because today it is part of the Board of Supervisors' office. When Harvey was here, it was the office for all 11 supervisors. But the great curiosity is the actual, and I don't quite understand, but the location where this happened. And what I usually recommend is that they, if they have not seen it, go watch the movie Milk. Mm-hmm. And it will give them somewhat of an overview of actually what happened. It is not as accurate. Sean Penn did an excellent job. He calls me the lady with the white hair. (laughs) Um, But other than that, I can forgive him. Do people still ask about Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe? Oh, yes. Oh, my God, yes, yes. Huge event. We have photos in the Chronicle archive. Yes, yes. They ask about... DiMaggio and Monroe, and the interesting part of DiMaggio and Monroe getting married here is it was done very differently. They, when DiMaggio asked Monroe or Monroe asked DiMaggio, I was not present. (laughs) I don't know exactly what happened. They had to go to the Department of Public Health first for a blood draw. The blood draw was for syphilis. Okay. Everyone who got married here had to do yes, that? Yes, it was a law. You could not get a marriage license without uh, getting a blood draw at the Department of Public Health, okay. you know, which is across the street. So if you did have syphilis, you couldn't get married? Or you just had to say you had the test? That's kind of personal, Heather. <laughs> I'm not asking anyone specifically. <laughs> You're asking about Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> you had to be cleared that you did not have syphilis. See, that was my right. question, okay. Peter. All right, I apologize. <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break. Well, I know the pandemic had a big effect on City Hall's docent program that you run, and I think you're searching for more docents, is that right? Yes, I am looking for more docents. Um, And I had an incredible amount of dedicated individuals who, if they said they would be here for the 10 Mm o'clock, they were here for the 10 Mm o'clock. With the pandemic and all of the things that have happened in the surrounding areas, Mm -hmm. they no longer want to do it. Mm. I mean, some of them are no longer able Mm -hmm. to do it. I mean, it does, you know, you're walking on marble floors. You've got to be able to hear. and it it has life has changed mm-hmm. some of them unfortunately felt they could not make any changes and also the other thing is some of them have moved out of the city mm-hmm. which is unfortunate 
because if people continue to do that, we will have no sense of history. Mm -hmm. And they were very much part of the history and part of the docent tour program as well. Well, for people listening, if they're intrigued, what makes a good docent and how can they apply? Okay, what makes a good docent? Number one, feet that you can walk on comfortably (laughs) on marble floors Mm -hmm. because marble floors have no give. So you're walking on a very, very hard surface. Also, the ability to change at a moment's notice Mm -hmm. because sometimes you have a tour mapped out in your own head and you're going in one direction and all of a sudden something happens and you have to rework the entire tour because there's a press event, there's something that is happening. A movie, maybe. Yes, (laughs) yes. You don't know So you have to be fairly flexible. You also have to like people. Yeah. You have to like talking to them. You you have to like sharing information and just pushing a little bit to make them enthusiastic Mm -hmm. about what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And so how can people apply? They can call me. Well, what's your number? My number is area code 415-554-6139, or they can email me at ellen.schumer at sf.org. sfgov.org? Yes. There's this narrative that San Francisco is doomed going downhill and at a point of no return what do you think i mean looking at the history of the city do you have hope for the future are you pessimistic well first of all the natural beauty of the city whether we add something subtract it doesn't matter uh the bay is still here i don't think that's going away and I think the, the way the hills are put in, the actual landscape of the city, I think that it needs a great deal of work by all people. I don't think you, I think a great many people have come to the city, taken it for granted, and then maybe moved on. I don't think that that is what is that if that continues to happen then we will be in more trouble than ever well I I do get encouraged because I write a lot about history and we talk a lot about history on this podcast and I'm finding more and more especially in the last decade that younger people who are new here are writing to me just as much as the people who experienced it. So I'll get some people who are a little bit like, oh, things have changed. And I've got other people who are like, tell me what it was like. And what I hope is, is that those people respect the history, but also fall in a little more love with it and think about the future. And, you know, I, I'm, an, I'm an optimist, but, Good. Um, but uh, I, I do feel like 
a lot of the people who are coming here want to know about the city, want to know about its history, and want to make it better. Well, speaking of retail, um, you are always impeccably dressed. You always have the matching purse and the heels, and your nails are purple today. They're always beautiful. Um, the cities these days is not particularly stylish. Most people are wearing hoodies and jeans and look sneakers. At this hat. I mean, look at Jesus, Peter. I'm wearing an yeah. t-shirt and a hat. Well, you could go to the ice cream store. Well, that's true. At least it's it's at least it's, it's history. It's, yeah. Are they still as popular? It's it. Oh my goodness! Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. It's huge. Okay. Yeah. Do you wish the city was more stylish, like it used to be? Yes, because I think that's. I think there's a feeling, especially involved in this building and, well, what was the financial district, that when you're going to work, you get dressed mm -hmm. to go to work. Mm -hmm. When I go to work out, I certainly don't wear these kind of clothes. <laughs> Does not work. No. But I think there's something that makes you think about what you're going to be doing for mm -hmm. the day or who you're going to be interacting with. Yes. Well, where do you shop for all of your matching accessories and everything? Uh, well, I ha have had some incredible dressmakers oh, in wow. my lifetime. So. Oh, neat. Nobody has a dressmaker anymore. Yeah. Yes, uh, you'd be, well, that's also the Fabric Britex, mm -hmm. which was on Geary and has now moved. Uh, I was in and out of there constantly mm -hmm. because I love clothes. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are two people that have equal like of clothing one you is, and willie brown yes <laughs> next time i see you i'm gonna have like a better hat like willie brown i have a you couple should have fedoras. Had a fedora. i should have brought a fedora you know that it's hard with the headphones and and i wear the hat store that was down the street from neiman's yeah has closed it just closed has just Hab closed haberdashery yeah, yeah. Uh, well you've survived our serious questions and now it's time for the lightning round yep quick answers yeah okay Where's your favorite place in the city to get a burrito? Oh, God, I had one good yesterday. <laughs> uh, and it's called Little Griddle, 1455 Market Street. Got it. <laughs> what is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? My favorite movie theater? No, favorite movie filmed in San Francisco. Ah, Vertigo. That's a good one. We just showed it. Yeah. Total SF movie night. At the Vogue. Yeah. Is City Hall the most beautiful building in San Francisco? And if your answer is no, what is the most beautiful building? In all of its splendor, especially on a special occasion, it's City Hall. Okay, wow. that's what I figured. We always ask this when we go to famous buildings. Is City Hall haunted? No. <laughs> she just gave me a look. <laughs> no. no, but people think it is. <laughs> Do you have a favorite all-time San Francisco politician? 
Now she's giving Peter a look. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I like George Christopher. I liked his wife, Tula. I liked the fact that they had lions outside their house. Oh. They were not real. They were big concrete lions mm-hmm. because as a child, you could pretend to ride the lion. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, I liked I liked George's ability to talk to people. Um, I liked Art Agnos, mm-hmm. and I think uh, a lot of people don't remember the fact that he got us through the 1989 mm-hmm. Loma Prieta earthquake. He had no training. No one had any training mm-hmm. here, and he got us through. He's a very nice person, very gregarious, and whenever he calls me, he says, this is your favorite, how does he put it? This is your favorite Former Greek mayor. Yes. Well, see, Christopher was Greek. Agnos is Greek. (laughs) And then certainly Willie is someone very, very special. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that I went through the restoration of this building and he created it to what it was when we reopened this building Mm -hmm. and it will be 25 years on January 5th of 2025. Oh, neat. I I love that when you picked the mayors, you pick Agnes, who was one of the more liberal mayors, and then Christopher, who was our last Republican mayor. And you loved them both. And Christopher... Everything I read, I like him more. My, my favorite fact about him is uh, when Willie Mays wanted to buy a house and um, they were telling him, you can't live in this neighborhood, George Christopher denounced yes. it and yes. said, he, he can come and live in my house. I, right. Wow. I mean, he, he was, was an amazing individual. Yeah. Hmm. Christopher I, Darius. Yeah. Since I asked about your favorite, I have to ask, do you have a least favorite politician? <laughs> Don't say Susan Leal. Don't say Susan Leal. <laughs> I think there have been some politicians. Usually they're extremely tall. <laughs> that are rude. Mm. We have to think of tall politicians. We'll leave it at that. Let's leave it to the imagination of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, you know, they're not only, they're rude to me, they're rude to the mirror staff, they're rude to everyone. Wow. They're just, they're very, very impressed that they are, they have had a position of power. Hmm. Well, listeners, if you think you know who she's talking about, (laughs) let us know. Last question. What is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Acknowledging someone that might have helped me during Mm -hmm. that day. That's very important to me. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, we would like to acknowledge you spending time with us. It was a great time. Thanks for joining us on Total SF. Welcome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. 
Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod.